welcome to issue number 18 of Backing Paper. And back with me this week is the wonderful Rachel. Thank goodness. Rachel, <laughs> how are you? Hi, Graham. Um, I'm, well, I'm really pleased to be here. It's lovely to, uh, to be able to come and have a little chat with you again and be back on Backing Paper because I know it's been a little while and um, although I'm glad that you got to have your date with Mike, you know, last week, that was very important and I'm very pleased that you got to do that. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I'm still suffering from a bit of a cough and, you know, sort of last vestiges of, of this cold that uh, has been hanging around. I just can't seem to shift it. So um, apologies to listeners and yourself. Obviously, I don't want to blast your eardrums out. Um, I'm, I will hover over the, over the mute button as usual. Um, and I've got my cup of uh, Earl Grey here with me. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to get through it. But if if not, um, uh, I might just have to say, Graham, you you you, you might want to take this one <laughs> instead uh, of me. So uh, yeah, I'm okay though, and uh, been busy, 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 which is obviously why I've not been uh, around. So sorry, um, haven't been on the calls so much in the last couple of weeks. But uh, it's lovely to be back. Uh, it's lovely to have you back. And yeah, I mean. You know, I'd, I'd have a very nice time last week with Mike. Mm. Um, I did get a, a slightly jealous uh, message from uh, Matthew Joseph saying, how much longer am I going to have to listen to this bromance? Which I don't know. <laughs> I mean, green-eyed monster seemed to be poking uh, his head up there. So, um, you know, but don't worry, Matthew. I, I still love you. And um, it's great. To, I'd say um, Mike's The Hawaii Dark Room, I think, has passed its funding thing, which is Oh, fantastic. that's brilliant news. Yeah. I hadn't realised they, they've passed the, the, uh, their goal. So that's fantastic. Oh, I was also so jealous listening to that last week um, in, uh, well, by that point, I mean, we had a couple of really lovely days here, obviously, in the UK, but um, uh, by that point, it had turned to uh, cold and wind and rain again in Liverpool. So I was sitting here listening to that, feeling very jealous at that point, um, uh, thinking about, you know, all the all the beautiful things you can shoot very much with the Sunny 16 rule in Hawaii, um, yeah. which is, uh, yeah, so uh, I would love to to go. I I knew that you were having a little look at the um, at the bank balance and thinking how many years might it take to save up for that uh, that flight. Yes. <laughs> um, it's be a while. I was doing the same myself. Yeah. But yeah, we, we can dream though, Rach, one day, one day. And if um, any listeners who haven't checked it out yet, do have a look. I think they've added more prints onto the uh, Kickstarter. Um, there's like some really nice metal prints and all sorts of stuff on there. So definitely worth a look on there. Really cool. Also want to say uh, a big well done to Sai and David um, right off the get-go. For, mm. uh, yes. <laughs> thank, thank you, Muck One Shot. Um, or I think that was more of a challenge than even they had anticipated. But they did it, didn't they, Rach? They did. And um, the the point that I saw was I was, uh, unfortunately, for some reason, maybe my notifications aren't set properly, but on social media, I think I was about 18 hours behind when they'd actually posted a message on Twitter, I think it was, saying, "Um, guys, um, the person who's supposed to be filming this can't now film it. Um, I'm literally, you know, at the bottom of the hill pretty much and we need somebody to come and film. And I was I was actually, I was like, oh, it's such a shame I'm not nearby. Otherwise, I would have I would have been able to go and do that. I would have gone and done that. But unfortunately, I was working, so I couldn't make it. Um, but yeah, so well done, guys. Like you say, I think it was more of a challenge than anybody would have 
even anticipated, even knowing all of the craziness going in. Um, so, uh, yeah, awesome work on Tanky. <laughs> yeah, but they got it. And uh, I think they had to go back in again after the weekend, but they did it and they got a couple of good prints that they were happy yes. with in the end. So It um, looked amazing and huge as well. I was I was very impressed with those. Very cool. Yeah, it's one of those things that it's easy to underestimate what they took on but just the logistics the size of the prints yeah. that they made in the environment that they made in it was a very silly idea uh, but of course it would be because it came from simon we would expect nothing else um we've got a lot of great stuff this week so we should really crack on with it and we're mm. going to start off with the cheap shots challenge stuff now technically this should be the last week for us and um, getting mm. cheap shots challenging but i forgot to mention that last week so in fairness to anybody who may not have realized that this was the closing date I'm going to sneakily say you've got until next week, listeners. Um, so if you haven't got yours in yet, you've got until, um, let's say, Saturday next week to get them in. Uh, we won't be judging them until the end of March, um, but we need to have them all in so I can get them organised in a sensible form to send to our judge, who I haven't also organised yet, but I know who I want to. Um, <laughs> and, it, and it's somebody great, and um, you'll love it, uh, I hope, as long as I can get them on. Um, so watch this space on that one. Um, the first one this week is from Dean Astoria. And Dean writes in, hi, Sunbeams. Hope this makes it in on time. The camera was a $15 at a photo swap in 2005, and the film was $7. Now, those are Canadian dollars, so they're still under the $35 limit. Uh, exchange that to 20 pounds I'm oh, sorry exchange that 20 pounds would be sorry I'm reading this very badly um HP5 protest process oh, <laughs> yeah um HP5 processed in DDX thanks for your great podcast Dean from Vancouver in BC uh, we've got two photos from Dean uh, titled echoes of triangle shirtwaist rectangle and echoes of triangle shirt trapezoid and i'll just read the statement from uh, dean before we look at the pictures so the sunny 16 ethos is shoot film be nice but all we shoot isn't nice 20 years ago i went to a lee miller exhibition miller was a vogue correspondent in world war ii and also a model and fashion photographer i had to leave when i saw miller's vintage contact print of a crematorium the negative that touched this print had been in the camp the evil was pressed into the print by the printing frame. Fashion showed its dark side as early as 1911 when 146 workers died at the Triangle Shirtwaist Fire. What immediately seems shiny is suspect before and shabby after. Cameras collect the brightness of fashion, but their origin can be as dark. For something as dark as fashion, I chose a camera that haunts me as much as Miller's contact print. Manufactured in 1938 by Richter, a house brand, in this case to be sold in Sears, on the same floors as a lot of cheap fashion. TLRs were fashionable, and like so much fashion, we don't want to know the labour conditions of production, nor do we care where it ends up. Built by slaves, sold at Sears, and found 15 years ago when old cameras were just shabby and not fashionable. I present the Trump Flex TLR. <laughs> what an unfortunately. No, I was literally just thinking that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So let's have a look at uh, Dean's pictures. Um, Are they Lestoria? Sorry. Yes. 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 Okay. So there we go. Um, so as Dean said, it's a, a TLR. These are square shots. Mm. Uh, and um, yeah, a couple of 
uh, well, actually, two shops shots from a shop. The first one in the shop uh, of all the rows of clothing hanging up there, uh, ready to be bought. Mm. And the second one, um, looking through the window at the mannequins there. Um, the, I, I don't know whether it's a, a charity shop or a, a, what do you think? You seem to have quite a mixture of stuff in there. Maybe it's a yes. small local shop. Like um, I th- Yeah, looking at the shop window, it looks like um more of well actually there's a sign in the window saying sewing classes and it's got Mm. a a sort of like selection of little sewing machines and things in the front as well um but the mannequins look like they're wearing something that's perhaps a little bit older so yeah maybe it's a sort of um charity shop workshop classes sort of space um and the rails look like that they could be that as well um, rather than them being specifically all the same kind of thing in one place yeah. uh, as you might expect in a shop it's more like a, a jumble of different of different types of trousers i think on this particular rail yeah. i do like i do like that one though the um, the one with the rail mm. and all of the the different i think they're trousers or you know at least bottom halves um uh, uh in in sort of like tonally you know because it sort of goes from light to dark actually almost yeah um and uh, you can see all the different kinds of fabrics and things and uh, yeah so i quite i quite like that it's quite nice yeah um, yeah it's great and somehow seeing seeing all that stuff just jammed on a rail together it really does kind of reduce these these fashionable items that maybe somebody spent money on at some point it's like yeah now they're just shoved on the rail together um yeah great stuff but it's, yeah. it really does kind of reduce it it has that kind of slightly as Dean said that slightly shabby feel of yeah this is where all fashion ends up eventually mm. um so yeah great stuff uh the next one <laughs> is from bob matter uh do you want to take this one rach yeah i'll give it a go and we'll see how we get on <laughs> um bob says dear sonnies greetings from frigid uh, chicago illinois uh, attached are my two cheap shot challenge entries in the fashion category as well as a photo of my cheap shots camera an olympus stylus zoom dlx i purchased it at a charity shop for 12 dollars 84 um that's a very random price which is nine pounds 67 apparently um it says i bridged my photos across two rolls of film because the auto rewind mechanism of my camera failed to rewind despite making noise uh, making noises like it was rewinding tricked me into opening the camera back and fogging several exposures Yay. on both rolls. <laughs> oh, oh. um, uh, so he says, my first photo was shot on Fomapan 100, my second on Kentmere 400. Both films sell for $4.95 a roll here. Um, I wasn't sure what tack I was going to take for this challenge as fashion is such a broad topic. I decided on street style, uh, reminiscent of the late New York fashion photography icon, icon Bill Cunningham. Um, it was 1929 to 2016. Um, it says, I shot in black and white to avoid colour distracting the viewer from the expression and spirit conveyed by the cut, style and texture of the apparel being worn. Each subject photographed was a complete stranger to me. I asked the first subject if I could photograph her and she kindly obliged. The second shot was 100% candid. I had a lot of fun participating in this, my first Cheap Shots challenge. 
despite the rewinding malfunction, and I look forward to entering future challenges. Thanks for all your combined efforts for our enjoyment and enlightenment. Uh, and that's a best regards from Bob Matter in Chicago, Illinois. Oh, there's a PS. Hold on. PS. I learned that inserting a paperclip into a small hole on the bottom of my camera after finishing a roll of film will trigger the rewind motor and rewind the film successfully. So barring any other mal major malfunctions, my little Olympus will live on to see another cheap shots challenge. Hooray! <laughs> uh, great. Well, some very different pictures here now um, uh, from Bob. Um, mm -hmm. I, I really like both of these. Um, uh, yeah. People on the streets. People on the streets! Um, so I don't know what that was, but I think that was Freddie Mercury. Oh, really? Oh, really? Oh, really? That was everybody else is instantly recognized. Of course, of course. Sorry, Graham. So I'm looking at the one, um, the first one, which was the sort of I suppose portrait, the one that he asked for, um, asked to take the picture of. Um, this lady just on the street. Uh, I love the fact that Bob picked his two subjects clearly with fashion in mind because this lady's wearing a great flat cap and this lovely mm -hmm. scarf got great coat and just got a really good look going on a really good style mm -hmm. um and it's a nice relaxed candid portrait isn't it rage it is i really like that there's something um very very sweet i think about her expression um mm. and it's just that kind of slightly awkward oh i'm not i don't know who you are but yeah sure this would be nice let's do it you know kind of thing yeah. she's she's just sort of there with the shopping bags clearly is is um approached her in a very very lovely way it seems and uh, yeah she seems very happy to have a portrait taken but just just a tiny little bit awkward you know like i'm yeah. not quite sure what this is what this is for sort of thing so um well done bob on getting that um, yeah because it's really kind of captured that spirit i think it, it puts me it reminds me very much of something that Anil said when we heard him on the first time I think and he was talking about street photography and he made the statement you know, we were talking about approaching people and he said look if somebody's gone to trouble of putting themselves together well mm -hmm. they did it for a reason because they, yeah. they want to and um, and so those people are more likely to be okay with having their picture taken because they've made an effort they want to look nice and they kind of want you to notice that they look nice because yeah. um, for all that we say oh I'm doing it for myself yeah, but we want you to notice we've done it for ourselves. Um, yeah. So no, that's great. Um, and the second one, the candid snapshot, again, just a great choice of subject with this one. Mm. Um, and the, the motion on it actually really works. This, this lady walking uh, sort of at an angle ac across this frame, quite close up, um, and just the great boots. Uh, yes. Great, just the, just everything's great. Great long. I love her hair, like sort of flowing out behind you. You really get a sense of her her movement in this one because yeah. it's uh, her hair's actually like flying out behind her. So she's clearly uh, on a mission, going somewhere on a mission, or um, maybe she's listening to some music or something because she's got her um, her phone plugged in as well. So uh, yeah, so it looks like she's having fun actually. <laughs> yeah, and because um, one of the hard things I always find with street photography is because the shadows and um, the, the building so is getting good light, but the, the light and this is in just the right spot. Yeah. And um, separation, and the shadow, isn't there? Yeah, yeah because the shadow and the building behind it just means that she's got a great backdrop and there's nothing distracting you from her. Mm. Um, so that's great. Uh, yeah. Lovely pictures. Great. Awesome, Bob. Well done, Bob. Like that a lot. Okay, the next one is from John Michael Mendeza. Uh, he writes in Hello, Sunbeams. Great show last week. Ethan was a joy to listen to, and his rate of output is <laughs> astounding. Also, yep. the backing paper with Aloha. <laughs> yeah, Ethan. Uh, I'm really glad how many people have got in touch today, like Ethan, because he's, he's fantastic um, and he's doing great work out there. Um, the backing paper with Aloha Mike was also great. Keep up the good work. 
attached are my submissions for the fashion round of the Cheap Shots Challenge. My original Cheap Shot camera, the Beltica, is still going strong. It is a lovely little 35mm folding camera made in Dresden in the early 1950s. The last time I used it, I, I noticed it was scratching my glasses. Eh, there we go. So I first had to make some modifications to prevent it from becoming an expensive lens-destroying camera. Oh, some points for you here, maybe. Uh, yeah, I hope so. Like that. Oh, never mind. There was some very sharp knurling on the wheel that is used to adjust the viewfinder, which I filed off. I also added a wooden extension to the back of the viewfinder, so that would be the thing my glasses would make contact with. Sounds like this, a little shed. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Because I'm, 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 this is exactly the problem I have with my Kiev around the little thing that um, screws in on the viewfinder. It's just got sharp edges and it does just scratch my glasses. Um, so, yes. Anyway, uh, this had the added bonus of blocking some of the light coming in through the sides and made the viewfinder a bit more usable. Photo attached. So I'll look at that in a second for some hot tips. The dresses were made by cutting out pages from old-fashioned magazines, and after a lot of experimenting, folding and tape, I managed to take, make two dresses for the shoot. My lovely friend Kim agreed to come and model after I promised her massive <laughs> exposure from the Sunny 16 podcast. Uh, if it's okay, please give her a shout-out. She's at... Kim K. Panos on Instagram. We certainly will. Uh, we certainly will because they've done some great modeling for these features. Um, we shot a roll of Portra 160 for the color shots and Agfa APX 100 for the black and white. Scanned with my digital camera using my previously described three stack anti dust mm. technique and the highly recommended plugin Negative Lab Pro to invert the color negatives. And um, we have an artist statement, so buckle mm -hmm. up, listeners. Uh, from fashion to fashion, with the emphasis on ash, uh, there is nothing new under the sun, says the Book of Ecclesiastes. Very true for fashion. It all comes back again at some point. But whereas ideas, styles, patterns and forms will be recycled in the ever-turning wheel of fashion, the tangible products of fashion usually will not, because they are either discarded to make space for the newest trend, or they are actually used until they are worn bare. In any case, they rather underlie the law of transience, according to another statement of the, of the mentioned book of Ecclesiastes, all is vanity. Sounds like a great book. I really must read this book of Ecclesiastes. Mm, bit of light <laughs> bedtime reading this. Yeah, exactly. Um, the photographer strived to let these two aspects of fashion, the continuous cycle of reincarnation of former fashion into the newest versus the perishing of actual items and materials, oscillate in this project. That's good. I mean, we've got oscillate mm. in the sentence. <laughs> Who thought that would happen? How often do you, yeah, how often do you get to say that word? That's pretty good. Not that. often. Not um, uh, the la, 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 la. sorry we've That's right. <laughs> um, in which pictures of fashion that have turned into fashion magazines turn into fashion again turning into pictures which will maybe be turned into what in essence he shows fashion at its most cannibalistic incorporating itself using itself up for a new round in the cycle but also giving itself the chance to get better more innovative or creative in the next reincarnation Fashion magazines were harmed in the making <laughs> of this work. Ashes to ashes, fashion to fashion. Um, looking forward to hearing your lovely voices soon. All the best, 
Roberto Martinez. Uh, that's great work on the artist statement. Yeah, wow. Uh, it's strong, strong really work is. there. Um, so, yes, let's have a look at these pictures. I'm already excited. Yeah. At, at the, um, so, first of all, I just want a quick look at this picture of the camera. Um, oh, you see, there he goes. So, he's um, the viewfinder on his. Okay, so yeah, well, he's before and after, hasn't he, in this photo that he sent us? Yes. Um, will we put that up as well, Graham? Do you think you'll be able to do that? So I'll try and remember, but don't yeah. hold your breath. But basically, um, no. it's quite, it's quite a weird setup. So on, um, so on Roberto's camera, the viewfinder is on top of the camera, but it's also on top of a um wheel and a um toothed wheel, <laughs> which yes does seem perfect for scratching glasses. What a silly design that is. Um, look or like the, the bottom lid eyelid. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you haven't got gra glasses on, I'm not entirely sure how you would even use that without scratching your face. Yeah, carefully. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's look at these pictures yeah. with the fantastic Kim K. Penos. Um, first off, uh, the couture is spectacular. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So these, these are, uh, you know, great model shots you know good fashion model shots beautifully done yeah. the, the dresses made out of fashion magazines are amazing uh, the model is fantastic great lighting oh, this is yeah these are very good the, very uh, good do you know it's so weird this is giving me a proper flashback to um when i was at school i made i made a dress out of newspaper as a kind of like skeleton dress um and this is just sort of like taking me right back to that time when I was I think I was about like 10 or something and we made it was all about it I think we were doing a um, bit of the curriculum on fashion or something uh, and I thought I know what I'll do I'll make a dress out of some newspaper and did it in sort of like um, a skeleton skirt and stuff mm -hmm. so this is just taking me right back to that it's brilliant he's he's basically used all of the pages from the magazines themselves to create the dress um yeah. or the dresses uh, obviously plural because it looks like there's he's yeah, gone there's for two. two different designs you know on this yeah the, the the creativity on display here is just kind of spectacular both, both in terms of dressmaking uh and shot creation mm. um i love the yeah. angle for that second one as well um because it's it's a top-down view isn't it yeah. you know it's it's just something that a little bit different so the model's sitting right in the middle of um a whole pile of of magazines and it fills the frame entirely and she's just sort of sitting in the middle it really gives um uh you know sort of prominence to the the shape of the skirt um and yeah all the color in that is lovely uh he said it was on portrait didn't he 160 that yes. so yeah yeah really nice colors actually color rendering on that yeah fantastic as always listeners there will be a link to see all of these pictures in the show notes for this um they are all worth seeing I, I, and as always i just love how different they are we've had three mm. completely different takes in the so last different. three emails uh wonderful stuff um and i think we have one more entry for this week don't we Rach? do you want to take this one yes. from our good friend angela yes yeah, so um let me just double check i'm looking at the right bit sorry because oh, no, I, I, uh... I think i may have missed a bit underneath Oh yeah, you know what? I, so I just attributed those to Roberto. That's wrong. Those were John Michael Mendes's pictures. Sorry, John Michael, I got confused because the next one is Roberto. So uh, yeah, those were John Michael Mendes's pictures and fantastic dressmaking. The next one is from Roberto Martinez. Sorry, Rachel. Do you want to read Roberto's one? Shall I read Roberto's? Yes. Um, okay. Roberto is uh, his email says attached is my submission to the fashion theme of the Cheap Shots Challenge. This was shot on an Olympus Trip Thirty Five. 
Yay. Great camera. I love that camera. Um, I received as part of the Emulsive Secret Santa from Sweden. Very generous gift. How lovely is that? Um, it says, this was shot on Fujicolor 400 and my Santa made the primary exposure in Sweden and I made the secondary exposure in California. That's so lovely. Um, okay, my essay. So the artist statement is, the model here is wearing a Smokey the Bear t-shirt under an aged denim jacket. A timeless look. This picture mixes two worlds in a double exposure, the Californian ocean with a Swedish forest. Much like the look of a denim jacket with a t-shirt, nature is timeless and we must not forget that we are part of nature. Smokey the Bear on the t-shirt stands for protecting the forest. The blue of the denim jacket represents our ocean. Both parts of our planet that we must protect and maintain for the future generations of t-shirt and denim jacket wearing people. There we go. So that's from Roberto Martinez. Let's have a little look at those, shall we? Yeah, so I think it's just the one picture oh, it's just from Roberto. One, it? It's the double exposure, of course. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, technically two. Um, <laughs> yeah. oh, I love the fact that we've got one exposure that was made, one half of this exposure that was made on one side of the world and the other half that was made on the other side of the world. That's so cool. Yeah, and they both come together very well as yeah. well. Great light in both of them. Um, yes, yeah, so you've got this lovely coastal scene in California. And then the portrait in the front, what was it? The smoky bear, <laughs> smoky yes. bear denim jacket. That's so sweet. Oh, really like that. And and um, a lovely little glint of sun, you know, little sun flare coming through from the background through the trees in the forest. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Roberto. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love, and also it's one of those pictures where there's just, because it's two pictures overlaid, there's kind of so much for your eye to kind of seek out in it as well. You know, there's a little lighthouse or something in the background and yeah, all sorts of things for your eye to be drawn in. Lovely, really nice, really nice shot. Um, <laughs> uh, and yes, um, now, now on to the last picture, which is from Angela. So yes, that one was from Roberto. The previous one was from um, John Michael Mendeza. Ah, I've got everything right. It's because I put the one straight after the other and got confused at the end. Never mind. Anyway, Angela writes in, Hi, Sunnies. Attached to this email is my submission for the fashion round of the Cheap Shots Challenge. Sorry for barely making it this time. I will allow it. You're not as late as Mr. Gutterman, who has assured me I will have his entry within the next day or two. We shall see. We shall see. For this challenge, I thought I wanted to focus on makeup, specifically the colour red, as a long-standing and influential colour in the world of fashion. Red can mean love, desire and happiness, but it can also signify dominance or danger. Depending on the shade, red can allude to something traditional, i.e. the classic look, but it can also express modernity. For me, personally, red is a power colour. Having a bullet of rouge in my arsenal helps in improving my mood and completing a look, making it a valuable asset to my wardrobe. This photo was shot using my Pentax SBO120SW and an expired Fuji Sensia 100, which was bought for around $5 from a camera fair a couple of years back. Uh, thanks, Angela. P.S. I greatly enjoyed the recent point-and-shoot episode, although it made me realise that no matter what brand or model it is, a lot of used film cameras are now getting more expensive. While I am hoping that this is a reflection of an increasing interest in the medium, it is an unfortunate reality that we hardly have any access to new film cameras, Instax, Lomo and Mint aside. It is easy to say that companies can just restart production, same with discontinued emotions, 
but perhaps cost-benefit analysis might be pointing at the opposite direction where we are looking sad face. Um, yes, uh, had a lot of um, good feedback following on from last week's Sunny 16 episode um, where we had Anil and Stephen Dowling join us. Um, and yes, it, it's I think it's got everybody thinking about it. And uh, as M tweeted out at one point, you know, we have got too used to expecting things to be cheap because they were cheap for a while because mm-hmm. nobody wanted film cameras. But actually, that just doesn't work for the industry. Um, for, the, for the industry to get back on its feet, things need to be more expensive. Um, so, uh, yeah. But they, I think the, the part of the point is that they probably need to be more expensive at source almost, you know, yeah. because obviously once that camera has been sold, these, uh, for example, the contacts, etc., they're ones that have been sold in early 2000s. So there's no more money going into the industry, only to private sellers, you know, of people who have that. So there's a difficulty there, isn't there as well? It's not necessarily going back into the industry. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and the things that with the new cameras that are coming at the moment, because uh, there are some new cameras coming, but they are the ones that are cheaper to make so mm. far. And it, mm. and there's, there's a very big gap between those ones and the ones we would love to see. Uh, actually, I, I would like to mention, um, I should have written this down, but luckily this is a Kickstarter. Number. There is actually a Kickstarter going on at the moment for a new camera. Mm. Um, what? Hang on, yep. what? <laughs> this is... I a little breaking news. You haven't done a breaking <laughs> news for so long, Graham. Come on. <laughs> uh, okay, all right. Well, this is breaking news a few days ago, but it's still very recent <laughs> and still um, you still have plenty of time to back this if you are interested in it. And I think a lot of people might be. So this is the Rito 3D. This is a 3D film camera, um, very much in the vein of the Nishika cameras. Um, and I can't remember. There was another one, which I can't remember. Nishikoi? I can't remember. Um or Nokina. When you say it's a 3D film camera, do you mean it's stereoscopic? How or in, in what sense is it 3D? So, so it has um the the models which preceded it, you know, which were the one the existing ones had four lenses on the front. Oh. This one has three lenses. So it takes this particular camera takes three shots at the same time, three half frame shots at the same time, and they're all side by side, so they're all slightly different perspective. And then um, you put those pictures, I think they've, they've developed an app to go with it, mm-hmm. uh, and you get these little 3D GIFs. Oh, amazing. That's yeah. so cool. Wow. really cool. Um, my uh, our good friend Dave off of the forums, um, uh, he has had, Fastens had one of these uh, 3D cameras. The reason he doesn't have it now is because he lent it to me about a year and a half ago, <laughs> um, and I haven't given back yet. Um, and he did some fun stuff with them. Uh, it's definitely worth checking out. Mm. Um, they, it's a plastic camera. Uh, it's, I think it's relatively inexpensive. So um, let me have a look. Mm. Uh, so uh, yeah, sixty pounds um, will get you one of these cameras mm. i think that's the sort of the entry level 60s i think mm. there's still some of those left um yeah, so it, I get it, it's, yeah it's great isn't it like that we've got these kinds of things coming through i suppose it it just sort of 
it draws a line under what you were saying though before about there being a big gap between something that's the sort of like 50 to 100 pound mark that's a plastic camera that's um you know great fun and so much that you can sort of like do and experiment with that and you know especially as an entry level getting you interested in film yeah. uh, but then that, that huge chasm uh, between that and you know actually like an SR or something you know um or a Leica obviously film camera that can shoot um in a more uh, professional sense i suppose is what you'd say yeah so, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. exactly but yeah I'd go and check it out listeners yeah. um i said if you google um reto r-e-t-o 3d and kickstarter you'll find it's definitely worth a look there's some fungus there um it's not, fun. mm. it is yeah it's not a thing that i think i'm gonna back because as i've mentioned i've had dave's 3d camera for over a year i have not shot with it yet i will do but uh, they are um, of more use, I think, for people who do a lot of sharing on the internet because it's a gift. Well, you know, I mean, obviously, you, you can get the individual images, which just look like ordinary yeah. pictures, half frame pictures. Um, but that's the really real cool. Val- that. Yeah, yeah the, the real value of it is making these gifts, and for the cost of entry, it's great. Um, the model that they're showing looks like a simple, well together thing. I think they're based out in Hong Kong, so you know hopefully they're places where they've got good contacts for getting these things made um they have already surpassed their goal so it's going to get done um yeah great well worth checking out uh if that kind of thing appeals to you yeah um, i think on a on a personal level um i don't know that it would be one that i get pick up for myself but um from a workshop perspective and um, in terms of introducing people to all the amazing things that we can do um i could definitely see myself getting something like this especially because it sounds like they have the app for it as well which is a really lovely way of combining the analog technology and the the new digital technology as well and saying look at these cool things you can do with it so uh, yeah very cool so we should probably get back to what we were talking about which so was sorry, Angela's yes. lovely picture wasn't it <laughs> thank Rachel? you angela yes <laughs> Um, so Angela's picture is a lovely, simple image, um, very stylish. Oh, it is oh, just a, a stick of bright red lipstick um, uh, set against the backdrop of uh, sort of, uh, looks like a, a chair, brown yeah, chair. Yeah, you know, this, this is really reminiscent of, um, for me, of uh, sort of like early, um, maybe sort of like mid-90s, um, fashion magazine cover or something i could just see i could just see that being on on a cover of a magazine it's maybe a sort of um airline seat or something Mm. you know you could just imagine that being on quite a nice sort of new um airline or something you know or it might be maybe it's a train tape i can't quite tell on here but that's what it sort of says to me just looking at that at the image um yeah the sort of like power well i think angela said that didn't she that was what it meant to her as well like that slick of red lipstick can uh could just help brighten brighten your day up um as well very yeah. cool i like that very one. cool yeah and i said the illusions to travel and the glamour <laughs> that uh, exactly. you know and uh, that angela brings to everything she does i think is fantastic um a great selection of pictures this week and as i said yeah. So also incredibly different. Um, I, I really have been bowled over by the entries for this round because I thought people would struggle with it. And as always happens, they have just amazed me. And I think, as I probably said last time, I think the <laughs> I think the entries this round are, if anything, even better than the ones we've had before. I think they're spectacular. Um, I think the judge is going to have their work cut out for <laughs> them. Um, if you really want to take part and you haven't got yours done yet, maybe you're waiting for the next comeback, we will let you have one more week. But shh, don't let anybody else know. 
um, <laughs> but get them into us. The cutoff date is very much next Saturday, so please do get them in. Is that Shall the eighth we... of March? Just say just for people yes. who yeah yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's the Friday. Yeah, the ninth of March. Ninth yeah. of March. Um, do you want to? <laughs> We will move on to the rest of the emails now. Um, we've got some rants coming, so brace yourselves, everybody. And not Ooh. from Jeremy this week, although the first one is addressed to, uh, but I suspect he's meaning me. Do you want to take this first one from somebody called Simon Forster? Oh, oh, uh, yeah, because it says, Dear Jeremy, uh, yeah. so the confusion reigns there. Um, I'm assuming he's talking to you then, Graham, yes? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so Simon Forster writes in to say, Please, please, please find another way to start talking at the start of backing paper, you crash in right at the <laughs> right at the hook of Box of Frogs or whatever your theme music is called, and it frustrates the hell out of me. Please, please, please do not use this newfound knowledge against me by ignoring my complaint and taking extra pleasure in crashing a great little tune. Yours in lenses from Simon. <laughs> um, um, we had a word, didn't we, Graham? We have we have uh, discussed the, uh, the the speed at which you came in with all your enthusiasm came out of the gates <laughs> a yeah. couple of times. Well, yeah, I, I don't think it's just that. I think Simon is also talking about sort of the fact that, you know, the intro comes in uh, where it does in the shoot. And I've got a few things to sort of feed back to Simon about that. I think the first one is Kiss My Ass, Simon. This is obviously Simon Forster of the Classic Lenses podcast. Um, who, and then in smooth on you, it insists on using some sort of smooth jazz behind all of their shows. So they, I can see why he's desperate to listen to good music on our show. Um okay. Secondly, uh, it, it is a great tune. Um, it's called Remortgaging the Nest of Hares, uh, which you would know if you actually were a fan like I am. Um, and if you weren't such a cheapskate, Simon, you would go to Schnauzer's Bandcamp page and you would buy that tune for the very reasonable price that it is. And then you would have it to listen to whenever you want to. So maybe stop being so cheap and do that. <laughs> and uh, thirdly, and indeed finally, uh, for Simon's benefit, and I'm hoping this is going to be all right, but I'm sure it will be. I'm sure Don Clubical, I will stick uh, the tune in its entirety at the end of the show this week. Does that sound like a good idea, Rach? It sounds like a good plan to me. It's I, I really do. Schnauzer's, Schnauzer's music is quite uh, bizarre. It's well worth listening to. They've got some great esoteric tunes. Um, they are on Spotify. Uh, and um, yeah do have a listen to their other work listeners it's great it's slightly bonkers it's wonderful i will have a listen and see if maybe i could step it back a little bit but i'm not making any promises and maybe <laughs> maybe maybe i will just crush it even harder this week so an extra little treat for you then yes yeah um following on from that moment we have another rant aimed at me, you'll be pleased to hear, from Martin Scarland. What have uh, you been doing while I've been away, Graham? <laughs> oh, annoying people, Rach. Same old, same old. Um, so at the email itself, it just says, Hi, Sunnies. I hope your gu you guys are well and happy. A little recording for you. All the best. M Martin. So um, I will insert the recording here. Hello, Sunny16. Um, this is Martin Scarland. Um this is a completely stupid rant, um, but I just want to get it off my chest, really. Um, now, I'm old, but I don't think I'm that old. Um, I'm 47, and I studied photography back in the day, and I was studying in about 1990, at which time I was shooting large large format photography and we shot 5x4 and 10x8 um, and that was great 
Uh, and in this country at that time, life format was either 5.4 or 10.8. Now, for whatever reason, um, I think it may be because the Americans um, started going back to analog before us British, and maybe their race to go on to large format was slightly earlier than us. Um, but the Americans use the terminology of 4x5 and 8x10, and for some reason, us British people have started using that terminology too, Graham. Um, and so I just want to have a bit of a rant, really. It just winds me up. If you're American, that's great. Use te- um, 8x10 or 4x5, because that's what you do. Um, putting it another way, so a way that maybe Graham might be more familiar with, if you went to a timber yard, you would buy 4x2 timber. You wouldn't buy 2x4, but if you're in America, you'd buy 2x4. Um, and this is really ridiculous, but it just grates with me a little bit. Um, so if you want to continue being American, Graham, go for it. But hey, I'm always going to be 5'4 and 10'8. Um, and I'll try not to let it wind me up at all. Now, the other thing I wanted to say was um, you Sunday 16 people are rather affectionately called egg tarts in our house. And you might wonder why. Um, last summer, my daughter was doing her work experience with me. And um, one day at work, well, it was a Thursday, and obviously I forced her to listen to the Sunny 16 podcast, and she had to listen to that. When it finished, I said to her, um, what do you think of that then? And she said, it was all right. I, I followed it roughly until they started talking about egg tarts. And I thought, what? And what I think must have happened was that Aid was talking about Ektar at some point, and I, I laughed. And so nowadays, you're, you're just known in our house as Egg Tarts, um, which I think is so funny. Anyway, have a great week, and sorry about the rant, and I'll see you soon. Bye. So we obviously both listened to this, uh, to Martin complaining at me. Now, now Rach, <laughs> yeah. I am far newer to large format than you are. So uh-huh. I would I would like to take your expert take on this. Five by four, ten by eight, four by five, eight by ten. Which is correct or perhaps more uh, importantly, does it even matter? Um, I think just out of force of habit, I usually say five by four. Mm-hmm. Um, but I it's never do you know, it's just not been something that has ever I've ever really thought about as as like a thing that annoys me but you know these these little bugbear you know they they can they can sometimes be like every time you see that or you see somebody spell something the wrong way or you see somebody say something um in the in the wrong way you know these little things can can get to you so I I do I do understand I do appreciate that Uh, but it's not something that I've ever really considered um before and I had no idea that that was in fact the case that it was um that the UK uh, I say, I'm saying the UK. I'm assuming you mean um, the UK and maybe Europe say five by four, and America oh, say it four by five. But I had no idea that that was even the case. So um, I've learnt something too this week, Martin. So yeah, there we go.
Yep, I've learned there's another thing out there in the world which annoys people that I do not care about. So I, <laughs> I will make no promises. I, I will come out whichever way it comes out. I, um, if it bothers you, Martin, uh, I, my heartfelt apologies. <laughs> I, I refer you to, my, to our very important Kiss My Ass department of the 2016 podcast. Um, uh, I feel but... sorry for his daughter being forced to listen to us as well. <laughs> That's a problem. Yes. The egg tarts. Uh, that, that, I, no one's ever allowed to use that again. Um, <laughs> I laughed a lot. That's very yeah. good. Um, but you know, listeners, uh, let let me know uh, which is the correct way. Um, I tell you what, we'll stop. We'll, I'll stop saying four by five, but just start saying aluminum instead. You know, I I was actually because uh, this is one of the things. I know this is a very cliche thing to talk about aluminum, aluminium. I didn't realise that we actually Maybe. just spell the word differently from America. Well, we're just this is just a different pronunciation, but no, they they literally don't have that second I um in the word in America, so no, no, it is aluminum, oh. is how it's written, and but, aluminium is how it's written in the UK. This the is all more, new to me, brilliant, uh, yeah. So, I'm gonna get some four by five sheets of aluminum and um, <laughs> staple them over uh, Simon's forehead, <laughs> make it friends. Um, okay, do you want to read this next one, Rach? From uh, so okay, we've got. We've got lots of names, lots of letters after Terry. So it's from Terry. I'm not sure what the letters all mean. What do the letters mean, Graham? Okay, so it's I-I-H-H-T, um, which stands for insanely intelligent, uh, heavy-handed teacher. Oh, and okay. I was wondering I-T- what the P was. <laughs> yeah, and I-T-E-C stands for International Terminator Extraordinaire compost <laughs> dips that's what okay. those stands for right. uh, so somebody very important okay lovely well um hi terry compost um <laughs> Sorry, uh it says uh hello aid graham and rachel um i wanted to drop you a few lines to thank you all the extended team included for a great podcast series the path that led me to listening started with an internet archive site where i found the tfttf podcast then tfo yes Sorry. Yes, tip, I should I should explain. Yeah, tips from the top floor podcast. Then TFOP, which is the future of photography, AIDS other half um, podcast, um, and subsequently Sony 16s. There we go. It's been a whole little journey to get to us. It says after listening to a few recent episodes, I've decided to start from the beginning, ah, and so far have reached the early 2017 recordings. Goodness me! Um, the topics you cover and the guests are all very interesting, and I am frequently reminded of the things I had forgotten in terms of photography. It says my first photos were taken at Weymouth with my mum uh, with my mother's roller cord, which she still has, when I was around nine years old. I have a, a couple of scans of photos which are, as I'm sure you can imagine, pretty poor quality as it's now nearly 50 years later. Imagine the scene, a sunny day but windy. It was probably winter as we had duffel coats on. I mean, if it's Britain, who's it, it saying, where was it? Sorry, Weymouth? Yeah, it could have been the summer. <laughs> um uh sorry i've totally lost where i was oh yes they have duffel coats on a manual tlr image reversed and parallax error to take into account yet there i was nine years old taking photos oh that's so awesome and it sounds like it's definitely something that's stuck with you um 
It goes on to say, he did say it. I should definitely should have read that before I said that. I um, should have read the next sentence, Rachel. Um, he says, it didn't stick, despite my father being into photography at the time. However, after leaving school, starting work and having disposable income, dad helped me to choose my first camera and then it did stick. Oh, it's okay. It's all worked out. Phew. Um, over the years, I've used manual 35mm, semi-auto <laughs> semi 35mm, Fully manual, medium format, TLR and SLR. Compact 35mm. And then onto DSLRs and, and great Samsung Galaxy S series mobile phones. Currently the S8. I'd love to get back into film. Most of my cameras are film-based, but it's the age-old story of time and money. You may have heard of a modest town that goes by the name of Swindon. Um, although born on an RAF base in Germany's West pre-war, uh, I grew up in uh, North Wilts in a little village called Chiseldon, um, partway between Swindon and Marlborough. Once I left school, got a job and learned to drive, I was out and about every weekend with my camera and got through many, many roles of ectochrome and agfachrome, often photographing motorsport at Castlecombe, Thruxton, Brands and Mallory Park, as well as F1 powerboats at Fairford Lakes and latterly latterly Bristol Docks. There are many ideas I'd like to explore running around in my head, more so since listening to your excellent podcasts, and I find myself, after nearly 10 years in Australia, wishing I was back in Old Blighty. It's going to take me a while to catch up on your latest episode. I listen to three or four as I stand in front of a very boring factory workstation, repeating the same task over and over and over. IQ of around 140 years of IT, and this is what it's come to, expletives deleted. (laughs) you all do a great job with Sunny 16 and I look forward to hearing many more. A huge thank you for all your efforts. Oh, almost forgot, DX coding. This, if you haven't already found out, can be reprogrammed. The film canister can be recoded to a different ISO. Link now follows. So he's put in a link to photothinking.com, um, which is a link to um, show you how to sort of hack uh, the DX coding. So many thanks from Terry, he says. Thank you very much, Terry. Yeah. That's, that's an awesome email. email. Yeah. yeah. A lovely to hear from somebody who has obviously had such a relationship with film over the years. And even though you're not shooting at the moment, I think you will be again. Yeah. You know, the thing is, it's true. Film photography financially, you know, it, it puts a bit of a strain on us. But you just have to adjust how much of it you're doing and, and think, well, I'm getting so much more out of it. It's, uh, it's just think, it's the best. Yeah, you're right. It's it's an adjustment of what is value, you know. Um, what is value? What is value? Yeah. To... What am love? Yes. What am value? Why are we here? What is the meaning of life? All of those questions. Um, yeah, can all be distilled down into a photograph. Um, but yeah, I think it is definitely about how you assign value to something. And it just sometimes takes a slight shift in mindset to do that. And once you start, you'll, yeah, you'll get hooked, I'm sure, again. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And we hope you do make it back uh, to Blighty one day, even if it is oh. just for a visit. That makes me wonder how bad a part of Australia you must be if you're dreaming of Swindon. I mean, oofa, <laughs> doofa. <laughs> uh, the last email this week is from Daniel Novak. And Dan writes in, hello, Sonnies. I've fallen behind on the podcast by a few episodes due to getting ready for and being on another wonderful family road trip. I'm slowly catching up now and just wanted to say thank you. As always, the podcast is great to listen to. and I really love all of the discussions with your wonderful guests. So many cool ideas. 
Also, would you please share a physical mailing address so I could send something? Keep them coming, Dan. Um, I did. I did share, Dan. I don't know what we're going to get from Dan. It's very Ooh, exciting. That um, is exciting. I got in the post this week because um, uh, I got into the post. I love getting things. Always post. good. Right? Conspiracy of cartographers issue four from Eric. Oh, um, Eric! Nice. This is his zine, which was all this very color um, film, uh, and it's lovely. The colors are just glorious um yeah it's, it's i mean I, I love all of eric's scenes he does such a wonderful job putting them together i love his photography and most of it is black and white most of his stuff is you know generally a lot of black and white There's some color but mostly but this very color uh really is just something worth seeing because the tones are um unlike what we're used to seeing and you know obviously now they're kind of you can't really get it anymore because it's a long long since past film and i think um eric found a way that was working for him processing it in the ec2n ecn2 process which really brought to life but yeah that's Mm. lovely so do check that out this i don't know if um how many copies eric still has got left of it but go to his go to his um instagram page and there'll be a link there and that's definitely worth looking at um i do love getting stuff through the post it's always always um, what's eric's instagram again it's conspiracy is it underscore of underscore cartographers i think i i believe so yes yeah. it's yeah it's it's yeah, probably that uh, let me just check i'm pretty sure it's in here yeah, da, 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 da. yeah. oh no conspiracy dot of dot cartographers oh, there you so, go. Close. <laughs> so close yeah, yeah. Um, and you know the best thing is it came I, I always know when I get something from Eric because it came um, uh, in an envelope and on it was a stamp uh, a picture of his a stamp of his cat with antlers um, oh yeah uh, his cat Juniper <laughs> I actually have a t-shirt with a picture of Juniper I was going to say don't you have a, a t-shirt I'm sure you have a t-shirt with a cat with antlers on it is yeah. that actually the same cat it's Juniper I'll, I may well be wearing that t-shirt to um, <laughs> the photo show so there you go um all of that leads us on very nicely to saying thank you very much to the people who have donated on coffee this week. It leads on very nicely because Dan is one of those people. Um, so thank you so much, Dan. You can find Dan's work all over the place. So he's, um, he's got a website, which is danielnovakphoto.com and also timelessbuffalo.com. Got some lovely pictures on there. As Dan mentioned in his email, he does quite a bit of um, traveling about when he gets the chance. So there's lots of pictures from all over the place. And you can also find him on uh, at Daniel Novak Photo on um, Instagram. Uh, actually, he's at Daniel Novak Photo in most places, apart from Flickr, where for some reason he's <laughs> at Masinka, M A S I N K A. So if you're still using Flickr, and why wouldn't you be? Because it's uh, still going and isn't terrible gesture, <laughs> which is high phrase indeed. Um, you'll find Dan there. So um, yeah, lots of photos, well worth a look. And thank you so much, Dan. Um, we have also I'll I'll go through these because I wrote, yes. them, I wrote um also want to say a big thank you and I uh, apologies in advance because I'm about to butcher this name um I think it's Ronwald Rangama uh apologies if it's uh, if I've got that completely wrong um and I suppose it's at rom r o m u l a d h k on Instagram Romuald h k um really well worth checking out his instagram feed uh although um graham uh, yeah um just respell that because you, you misspelled it did i r-o-m-u-a-l-d h-k yeah h-k sorry uh, <laughs> um uh although romuel is from france um he's in hong kong now as the name was just and just his work is all 
beautiful black and white street photography and it really gives a great feel for hong kong i i um went through a phase a few years ago of watching quite a lot of the um oh what were the youtube videos the guys oh man it's gone from my head now i'm sorry i can't help i don't no, know not. anyway these very entertaining guys um kai wong um out in um out in Hong Kong, uh, making videos regularly. Everybody will be screaming at this because they're super well-known. Anyway, it was always in Hong Kong. So, oh, this is really cool. Um, so it kind of gave me a feel for the place. And these pictures just, oh, they're, they're beautiful. Um, and if you've got an interest in Hong Kong or just really good street photography, well worth a look. Um, so do check that out. And also you'll find his work at um, romualdhkphoto.com. It's got a website as well. And lastly, another secret one. I never, oh, <laughs> I, I never want to say uh, whose name is because they, you know, they've left uh, the donations to be left with their secret name. Or there's a very nice message, but I do want to say um, that I've uh, looked at the pictures that this photographer takes, and they're beautiful. Just so many lovely, <laughs> so many lovely portraits, especially of family and stuff. Um, so if you can guess who it is from that <laughs> description, which you definitely <laughs> can't. Um, but uh, all I would say is my Instagram. Um, I, I never put this out there because I'm so such a promoter of my own work because it sucks. Um, but at myopic me, and um, you know, it's a good place to go look at who I follow. Uh, I follow a lot of really cool people. Um, is all I will say on that. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, really beautiful work. And thank you so much to um, those three people for donating. Uh, it is fantastic. It um, really is. Yeah. Yeah. And and to all our continuing donate um, donators as well, um, we super appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm really. We're only a couple of weeks away from the show, Rach. Yeah, uh, and we are going to be in a far better position to deal with that because of this. Oh, which is magical, absolutely magical. It really is. Uh, I think that. Oh, you know what? I was going to say. I think that does this. That reminds mm -hmm. us two bits we missed out quickly, um, which we we, put, we deliberately put the pictures in so we wouldn't oh, miss them out. That's um, true. <laughs> so we had a couple of bits of feedback which we failed to miss. Do you want to read this first one from Anil? <laughs> Uh, yes. So Anil sent a message to me on um, on Facebook just saying, hello, Sonny's one important point that I forgot to make in episode 140, which was um, obviously last week's, um, was to make sure that you check out your local independent camera stores first when looking for a point and shoot camera before looking on eBay. This helps to support local businesses and you'll usually get a small warranty from them, too. If you could mention that on an episode of Backing Paper, I'd appreciate it. Done. Done. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks done very that. much, Anil. Yeah, did make me feel guilty because we really didn't let Anil get a word in edgewise on the show last week. He really was, you know, <laughs> we barely knew he was there. So it's great that he managed to get this little bit in. Um, the other bit of feedback we had was from Carl Havens, the other better host of the uh, Classic Lenses podcast. Um, uh, again, regarding the episode last week, Carl wrote in on uh, Facebook saying that was a brilliant episode, gents. A thoroughly enjoyable, free-flowing conversation about point-and-shoot cameras, market value, clearly some different and valid points of view. The timing was wonderful for me. I am heading up north for a week of meetings with some time to shoot film early in the morning when it will be quite below zero. I was trying to see how it would be to use my better R3A and Nocton Classic 40 with gloves. It was not pretty. <laughs> then your podcast and a solution. In one coat pocket, a Pen EES half-frame camera, and in another, an Olympus XA. Yeah. Point and shoot and no batteries in either camera. Oh, on the EES, I might need to turn the focus star from the mountain picture to the group of red people picture once or twice. 
and I think that I can handle that. Oh, right. I am one of those people who buys point-and-shoot cameras on eBay rather than for a dollar at a thrift shop, but only because our thrift shops are savvy to the value of cameras. I think that I paid $30 each for the EES cameras. Um, I have three because, well, I might need a spare if one breaks. Uh, incidentally, Carl breaks quite a lot of cameras. He drops <laughs> cameras quite frequently, so oh. this is why he needs to have them. He's uh, he he's. I mean, the Pen E cameras are quite small, so he could keep them in the pockets of his mom jeans. But for some reason, he doesn't, and he just keeps dropping things and they break. Um, and twenty five for the XA. I only have two of those. <laughs> There's good prices for the XA. Only two. Um, Gosh. Yeah. So um, great. Uh, that's a very good point. You know, nice basic point and shoots with not much in way of focusing. It's very good for cold weather. It's very good for street photography as well. You know, if you've just got. Yeah, I love my little XA. Um, I was uh, lucky enough to actually have that. That was one camera that I had um, donated to me, which is amazing because uh, I've been looking for an XA for ages. They're so small and lovely and light and um, and really simple to use. So, uh, again, I that's one that I do take out, pop it in my pocket and you can just take that out on the street and, uh, for some street photography. It's just a lovely little quick shooter. Yeah, perfect. So thank you very much to both of those fine gentlemen for getting in touch and apologies for me slamming it right in at the end as we were trying to get out the door. But at least I didn't forget. So that's something that will do us, won't it, Rach? I think that is everything. It will. I think so. Thank you yep. so much, everybody who has uh, submitted for the Cheap Shots Challenge. Just to remind you, you have one more week to do that. So it will be um, finishing off on the 9th of March. Yeah. And on this week's Sunny 16 podcast, I think it's just going to be the three of us. We haven't done that for a while. We said we were going to do it more frequently and then promptly didn't do it more frequently. So I think this week it's going to be the three of us having a catch up um, and talking about what's been going on and what we've been up to and, and what we're thinking about at the moment. So that'll be something probably. So, yeah, cool. that should be nice. Yeah, be good be to have a little catch up, especially because um, obviously I've missed a couple of weeks with with work and, and various illnesses and things, but managed to more or less make it through the through the show today without um, a huge coughing fit. So that's good. It's been wonderful, Rach. It's been an absolute <laughs> delight having you back. Oh. Uh, we will leave you, as promised, listeners, with the full uh, uninterrupted version of remortgaging the nest of hairs by the wonderful band schnauzer check them out on Bandcamp. check them out on spotify don't be a cheapskate <laughs> like simon forster support artists wherever you can um and until thursday uh goodbye goodbye <laughs>